Hey, what's up, guys? John here, back with another episode of the John Morris Show. This one I want to talk about dealing with problem clients and and not just on sort of on an individual basis, but how you can deal with this on a long-term, consistent basis to make your freelancing life a little bit easier. And this comes up from a question I got from Scott. And so let me just go ahead and dive into this question. So Scott said, I'm an established IT guy. I've been on my own since 2003. I've seen my workload steadily increase over the years to do, due to better hardware, steadily decrease over the years due to better hardware, more stable operating systems, and a nonstop push of all services to the cloud. My workload is now quite literally running from one emergency, emergency to another, and my quality of life is really taking a hit. I've wanted to jump into coding since I was a teen on my Commodore 64, but never got around to it. Now is the time. I was wondering if you could offer your thoughts on your ability to freelance and still have a life. I know emergencies will always creep up, but it seems like that is all I do lately. Vacation? Nope. Recently had shoulder surgery and got calls from a client the very next morning. School play for my daughter? Better put the phone on silent and deal with the raging clients an hour from now. It's ugly. How is your life as a web developer? Maybe a quick podcast. You mentioned freelancing for people that can't live the corporate life, and that is definitely me. Just wondering if you live a relatively quiet lifestyle or constantly putting out fires. So, and, you know, Scott's a fairly uh, experienced freelancer, been doing this for a while. And so some of the stuff I'm going to talk about here, he probably already knows. But for those of you who are maybe looking to get into this or new to this, hopefully I'm sort of going to go through what I think is the full gamut of how to deal with this and and hopefully give you something that 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 turns on a light bulb for you or make clicks for you about sort of the overall mindset of of how to deal with this. So the first thing that I want to sort of put out there or say about this is just, I think we all go through this. I've certainly been through this. I remember one of the very first clients I had was a very famous client, which is part of the reason why I dealt with so much with them because I was a little bit scared that, I mean, they could have literally gone on their blog or their Twitter or whatever and ruined my career. And so I put up with a lot from them because I didn't want that to happen. But I remember sort of the day that uh, I kind of said screw it and and grew a backbone for the first time with clients and in particular with that client. And it was a Sunday night and they emailed me at about 9 o'clock, 9 p.m. on a Sunday night out of the blue about something that we hadn't they hadn't talked to me previously about or anything. There was no mention of this. It was completely out of the blue and it was 9 p.m. on a Sunday night. And they, it was basically uh, a complete rework of a site, a, f- a few pages on a particular site. I mean, it wasn't something that was a f- like a five-minute thing. It was a complete rework. And they wanted it by 8 a.m. the next morning. And I can, st- like, I can still remember. It still gets me, gets my ankles up a little bit. I can still remember how, just how pissed off I was. And this re- this wasn't the first time they had done something like this. This was the worst. They have never uh, emailed me out late at night like that. But like I said, that was the moment I sort of grew a backbone because I e- emailed them back and I told them that it wouldn't be done by 8 a.m. the next morning. I would start on it on my regular work day at 8 a.m. the next morning and that they should never 
again, expect something like that from me again. Expect me on a Sunday night, late at night to do some complete rework. And of course, that pissed them off as well. And I sort of got the talking to and we had a little bit of back and forth. But when it came down to it, I really didn't care. And I was fully willing to not have, I was sort of at the end of my rope with that client and I was fully willing not to have them as a client anymore, even though they were paying me very well to be their client. And like I said, they were a famous client who could have ruined me. I just didn't care. I was so mad. So I've been through this sort of thing. I know exactly what that feels like. And if you start to add up multiple clients that are behaving that way, it can become uh, a real nightmare and it can become something that, that, that really ruins your love of freelancing. So after that moment, then, uh, that, that sort of changed everything. And I started thinking a lot more about what I could do to sort of deal with this and to sort of stop it from ever happening in the first place. And so what I want to share with you today is what I learned focusing on that for several years and and getting to a point where I didn't have those issues anymore. And quickly to go to sort of the question, specific question that Scott asked, you know, is web development different from, you know, any sort of other segments of IT or whatever? And my answer would be, in general, I would say no. You can find awful clients who will do that sort of thing in web development (laughs) just like you can any other area of IT. So to me, it's not really about switching from doing one part of IT to web development or whatever. Uh, It's really about how you deal with clients no matter what you're doing for them. And it really goes for any freelancer. And then just quickly again, asking about sort of my lifestyle and so forth. You know, this is one of the things that I think sometimes I don't do a good job of talking about or expressing when I'm talking about the things that I do and my approach to things. But, uh, and, and so people like a lot of people are really focused on money and, you know, I've grown up poor. I know the importance of money and all that, but that's not my primary focus. My primary focus is time and lifestyle. And so I've specifically done certain things in a certain way where I make less money than I probably could if I were to do them another way, but I have a lot more time. And one of the things that is, you know, is, is I feel like is an accomplishment in my career is the fact that I do work from home every single day. I don't, you know, I'm here with both of my boys. I'm able to take time and spend time with them. Sure. I have busy days, right. And, and, you know, there's, times where I can't go and do it. But in a day in and day out basis, I'm here. I can talk to them. I'm not so overworked that I'm just, I can't interact with my family and my wife. You know, uh, it, the, the lifestyle part of it is a big thing for me. So my lifestyle is pretty quiet in that sense. And it's because I've specifically built it to be that way. So what I'm going to tell you, uh, here today is toward that aim. Right. So it's not necessarily about making more money. You probably will, but you'll have a lot better, uh, uh, peace of mind and a lot better lifestyle, in my opinion, with this approach. Okay. So I I just want to make that clear before we get into this because a lot of times people just assume it's about money and that's really not my focus. Mine is having as much time to spend with my family 
as possible. All right. So with that said, I th- there's a couple things here that I think you have to do in order to get this under control. The first one is maybe the most important one and one I don't necessarily hear talked about a ton time from time to time you hear it. But uh, the, the words I would use to describe it is you always have to keep pro- progressing. And so the way that I look at it is I sort of break it into sort of your standard developer tech job. You have freelancing and then you have this area of sort of passive income, which could be, you know, you could say maybe selling some sort of product or app or, you know, and then you're outsourcing support and that sort of thing, uh, courses and, and, and those sort of things, but just all these different ways that you can have sort of passive income and, I sort of, and a lot of people will probably disagree with me and maybe get on me a little bit about this, but this is just how I view it. And that is I I view a tech job sort of as the lowest rung on that. And the reason I view it that way is because, again, my focus is time freedom. And in most cases, a tech job is going to have the least time freedom. Most of the time, you're going to have to go into an office. You're going to have people there. They're telling you what to do, coworkers you got to work with, you got to work a certain set of hours. Even if you do remote work, I've seen the people that do remote work, you still have to be online and at your desk. There's some that even have these little things you have to log in. They track your activity and all this sort of stuff. So when it comes to time freedom, a tech job is generally going to give you the least amount of time freedom. And so that's why I put it sort of on the lowest rung. That's the least the job I want least or the activity I want to do least. Next is sort of freelancing. Freelancing certainly opens up a lot more time freedom. You can set your own terms a little bit more and so forth, but you still are sort of beholden to clients and they, they will often expect you to be there when the, when they want you to be there and so forth. So you're, you're not a hundred percent free of that. And then of course, with passive income, oh, you pretty much do what you want to do when you want to do it. I mean, there's certain things that you have to do here and there, but in a day-in, day-out basis, you pretty much have the freedom to to do what you want. And so, again, when I say keep progressing, I, I think you need to progress from tech job to freelancing to passive income and leverage the sort of the stage before. So, a lot of times what I'll say is getting a tech job is a really good way to prep you for freelancing because you sort of get into a development environment. You learn all of the different tech skills you need to learn. But you also uh, start to learn maybe interacting with clients a little bit, at least interacting with you know a boss, uh, other coworkers, that sort of thing, delivering on timelines and all of that. You sort of get your feet wet with all of that and is a good training ground for you to then go out on your own and freelance and it helps you to establish authority and the more you can accomplish while you're in your tech job the more authority you'll have when you get into freelancing and then you freelance for a while and eventually you build up enough authority there where you can then start to maybe teach a course and you can leverage the authority from your tech job from your freelancing career to teach people either tech skills or freelancing or whatever and you can start building that passive income I think what happens sometimes with people is they stagnate in one of these phases. And I think I think for all of us, as we get older, we have less and less patience for dealing with people who waste our time. 
And so that naturally leads to, I think the longer you do this for most people, you should always keep your eye on progressing from that tech job into freelancing, into creating your own passive income. And of course, you could skip from tech job to passive income, you know, if you if you develop enough authority and so forth. But you always just want to keep progressing because, again, as you get older, maybe as you build a family, have kids, all that sort of thing, time is going to become more and more important to you. And free or passive income is the way that you get the most time. So don't let yourself stagnate. And for Scott in particular, this may be the thing that, that you really need to think about because if you've been doing this on your own since 2003, that's about 15 years. My guess is you're sort of at the end of your rope with dealing with clients and you've sort of, you've worn out freelancing uh, as much as sort of you can deal with it and you need to start thinking about another moving towards more passive income and another route that gives you more of that time back so you don't have to deal with this sort of thing. Okay, so that's the first thing. The The second thing then is you really need to work hard in everything that you do to establish authority. And I sort of had to, I had a, a weird situation that happened to me with a with a client that that taught me this, but I didn't really recognize it at the time. So I had a client who had hired me to build a site for them. And I had done a good job of establishing authority. Right? I, I talk about this before. I, I built membership sites. I built membership sites using particular software, WordPress, and a particular membership site plugin. And I had a lot of authority around that membership site plugin because the company that built it was a client of mine. I had taught their their um, their developers certification course. I had built a bunch of websites uh, for people that had that were very famous and so forth. And so I just had a ton of authority around that, but I didn't really recognize it. So I had this client had hired me to build a site for them, and I was sort of in the transition of. I think I was charging around $50 an hour when they started out and I uh, ended up, by the time we ended up uh, ending our relationship, I think I was charging about $100 an hour. So they had gone with me from 50, I think to 60 to 75 to 100 and still were paying me. But when I made the leap to $100 an hour, what they did, what this uh, guy did is he said, hey, I'm going to actually hire another developer at $50 an hour and have them do the work. But I still want to meet with you once a week about the site. And so this guy, I'd established enough authority that he was essentially willing to have me as more of a consultant, pay me $100 an hour to meet with him once a week and talk about the site. And, you know, however long the meeting went, he was willing to pay that. And when he told me all this, because I didn't really realize like how good that of a deal that was, I sort of got upset that he had hired another developer. And so I ended up ending the relationship because of that, which was stupid. It was incredibly stupid. Um, and, you know, he, he was sort of taken aback by it. And I, I sort of missed out on that opportunity. But I had done a good enough job establishing authority that he was willing to do that. And so... The thing that happens when you get really good at establishing authority, sort of the point of all of this, is that people, your clients don't come to you telling you what to do. And this is one of the things I noticed as I went along in my freelancing career. 
They didn't come to you telling you what to do. They came to you asking you what to do. And in particular, because of some of the sites that I work on, I, I didn't just have authority around the tech side of the site. I had authority around the business and marketing side. And the more you can round out that authority like that, the more you'll get clients coming to you and asking you. So this guy wanted to pay me $100 an hour every week to talk to me, not to talk about the tech side of stuff, but to ask me about what I had done when I worked with this site for this person or I'd done with this site, this other site for this other person and so forth. And essentially just pick my brain on a weekly basis about how to make their site successful. And so, again, that natural authority allowed me to direct the site a lot more and start telling them what they should be doing. And towards the end, most of the clients that I worked with, again, they didn't come to me telling me what they wanted. They came to me asking, and I would tell them, and that makes it a hell of a lot easier for you uh, to, to build sites or whatever it is that you do. Makes it a hell of a lot easier for you to deliver as a freelancer when you've established authority so much that they come to you asking you what they should do. So that's the second thing that you really want to work on. And you do that by getting out there and doing it, working with big name clients or accomplishing something that people want to do, you know, whatever it is, whatever you can do to establish authority, uh, that's going to make things a lot easier. The last thing then is. Being, you really need to constantly work on being in high demand so that you have the ability to walk away. And I've talked about this, this situation before, but, uh, the worst client I ever had was one that there was sort of this issue with their site and we were trying to work through it. And they kept trying to blame some code that I had written. And I had been through the code over and over. I, I knew it wasn't the code. I'd hired another developer to come outside developer, come and look at it. And I didn't tell them anything about what I thought or anything, had a completely unbiased uh, look at it. And they came to the same conclusion I did, you know, and so we had sort of had this back and forth. And eventually what happened was she had forwarded an email chain to me, not realizing that, you know, the last nine or 10 emails were in it. And one of those emails, she was saying some very derogatory things about me. And so you know, a lot of people on that situation, depending on where you're at with your ability to get clients, you may have to see that and eat that and just suck it up and deal with it. And, and that that can really eat away at you. <laughs> and, and I tell people all the time to have standards and not put up with that stuff. But one of the ways that you can make that a lot easier is by having so much incoming work, so much demand that you can walk away and you can replace that person right away. So when that situation happened with her, as soon as I saw that, I emailed. I was sort of uh, at the end of my rope with her anyway. But I emailed her and pasted in her comment and said, I'm done effective immediately. And the reason that I could do that was because literally the very next day, I replaced her with someone else as a client. Because this was when I was really heavy on Upwork. And like I said, there was a point where I was getting... I think it was 10, 20 invites a day for different jobs over on Upwork, something like that. It was crazy. I was getting so many invites. Like I, there was, I had to turn off my availability. And I know a lot of people hear that and like, yeah, whatever. I literally had to turn off my availability because it was starting to hurt my profile. So, uh, again, having that high demand coming in allowed me to walk away from any client because I knew I could replace them very easily because I had so many incoming invites. 
on a daily basis. So the more you can create a demand for yourself, then the easier it is to walk away and you don't have to constantly deal with these clients that uh, can be a pain in the butt. So I think if you take all three of those things and you keep progressing. So again, another example, keep progressing right now. I have, I, I had a time where I think I probably had somewhere between five and 10 clients all at once. And that's sort of a nightmare. Like that's way too many clients. But I, I, again, I had a lot of demand and I growing up the way I did is hard for me to say, no, I had about five or 10 clients today. I have one and it's about half of the income that I make on a yearly basis. And the other half comes from passive income through courses and other things that I do. Okay. So if that one client were just to decide, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm done. We don't want to work with you anymore. They go out of business or whatever. Yeah, that would, you know, that would obviously be sort of a hit to my income, but it wouldn't be all of my income. I, I would still be making more than, you know, I was before I ever got into web development. So I would still be fine. And I could then, you know, reorient and maybe find some other clients or whatever I had to do at that point. But it gives me, it gives me a sense of security. And the fact that half of my income comes from stuff where I don't have to be actively working on it on a daily basis. So that's what I talk about progressing. That's what you want to do. Um, and again, then establishing authority and, and building high demand. If you could add all three of these things up together, I think eventually you can get to the point where you have about as much time freedom as a person can have and still make a, a really good uh, income doing what we do. So that's been been my experience. Of course, I'm not saying that's the end all be all or whatever, but that's that's what I've done and what I've focused on over the years to get to the point where on a daily basis, I can spend time with my kids. I can spend time with my wife. I can spend time with my brother and do some of the things that I want to do and not just be chained to my desk, you know, 24 seven. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, hopefully that gives you some insight into how you can sort of manage your career and, and get some of your time back and deal with, with, with clients that can be difficult to deal with. Now, of course, if you want to learn some of the things that I learned and figured out to get to the point over on Upwork where you're getting those invites uh, that I was getting on a daily basis, then that's what my freelancing on Upwork course is all about. The big thing about the course is, I, you know, I was lucky, to be honest, when I was struggling with, with it was then Elance, but when I was struggling with getting on there and getting work early on, I happened, you know, I started doing a bunch of research, which I guess I get credit for that. But I happened to stumble on these, the series of blog posts where they broke down their entire algorithm. And I've talked about this before. It's kind of crazy to think about that they had just put this information out there. Now, today, they've obviously deleted those and would never put that information out now because people would know exactly how to game the system if they knew that information. But back then, these sites weren't near as big and that information was out there. And I came across it. And as soon as I saw it, it just became obvious to me how this whole thing worked and what I needed to do in order to start getting actually getting work over there. And so in the course, I talk about that and then what you need to do and what I learned over time, focusing on what I learned from those blog posts and how to actually implement that on your profile in how you bid on jobs and so forth. So 
If you want to learn how to do that so that you can get to the point where you, of creating that high demand and establishing that, that authority, uh, in whatever niche you happen to be working in, then again, that's, that's available inside my freelancing on Upwork course over on Skillshare. Nice thing is you can get the two month free trial of Skillshare. Just go to upwork101.com. You'll see a big yellow button there to get a two month free trial of Skillshare. So you can take the course, uh, go through the entire thing cancel any time before the two months is up and you never pay a penny. So, uh, it's, it's really a pretty, pretty good way to, to learn what you need to learn and, and, and see how to use Upwork to create that high demand for you. So again, if you want to learn more about that, you can go to upwork101.com. All right, guys, that'll do it for this podcast episode. Hopefully that benefited you. If it did, I'd appreciate it. If you'd head on over to iTunes, you can go to johnmoreshow.com. And you'll see the links right there for Android iTunes. I'd appreciate if you head on over to iTunes and leave a review, positive review on the podcast. If you do, I also give you module one of my PHP 101 course for free. There's a link right at the top. Again, johnmorrisshow.com. Just click on the start here link. All the instructions for that will be there. So I'd appreciate if you do that. All right, that'll do it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.